0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today's episode, we have the official trainer for all the superheroes you see in movies. This guy's an absolute beast. He's one of the best trainers in New York City, and he's partnered with Halo Sport, On Running, Get Epicured, Half Patch, and Thrive Tape. Absolutely one of my favorite trainers in the city and someone who you can always go to for some amazing content. Without further ado, we want to welcome to the podcast, Don Saladino.
1: It's time to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans.
2: What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is an incredible master coach, fitness coach, celebrity coach. He is a huge fitness advocate. He's a leader in the industry. You've probably heard of him and seen him everywhere. This guy is truly amazing and continues to do amazing things. Please help me well go. Keep it coming. You're Saladino. Yeah. What's up,
1: brother? <laughs> brother, you are good for my ego. I, I like you <laughs> Why do you
0: think I like having him around so much? I'm about to say. You know? He's, just, he's the, like, the ultimate one. hype man.
1: God, man. That was that was special right there. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I appreciate that. You. <laughs> how you been, man? How you been? Been good. Been well, brother. It's good to be on, guys. Thank you. I mean, it, you know, this is always fun for me.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming on. We uh, we know you're very busy as as we are. I can yeah. only imagine how busy you are. Oh, yeah.
1: You know? This is good, right? I mean, it's, it's, um, especially during these times now. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, there's so much negativity out there with people getting sick and, you know, losing their lives, life. I mean, a really good friend of mine lost his life last, last week. It was cancer. You know, it's terrible, but it's not, not to depress everyone, but you know, if you can, you know, pivot off of a bad time and, you know, find a way to make it good. I mean, that's what else are we supposed to do? You know, I think I was feeling bad about that early on. I was like, Oh, you know, things are actually going pretty well right now. But the reality is, is we, you know, we have to, we have to do the best that we can in life. We can't feel bad about, um, uh, about excelling at any time.
0: Yeah, I mean 100%. We battle that all the time. We've, you know, we've mentioned it on the podcast quite a bit already. This has probably been, you know, and sorry for everyone who's listening that, you know, has to hear us say this again, but you know, it's probably been the best time that we've had in business personally. Mm. You know, and you know, you guys were talking before we got on the on the podcast about, you know, just being very dedicated over this time and, and, you know, putting first things first. And right now that's, you know, business and with you, you know, and, and with Mendes, I'm sure family as well. You know, you said, you know, you said you have two small kids. I'm sure you've gotten to spend a little more time with them than yeah. if you were in the gym. Constantly. Wait,
2: wait. And you can't forget the two Russian dogs. <laughs> yeah. Sambuca and Rigatoni. Ooh, those are kids too. I know when we,
1: <laughs>
0: when we, when we got the, when we got the office for the, for the podcast, I was afraid that my, my dog was going to slip into a depression, you know, like having me yeah. around all the time for three months and then not there anymore. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, no, poor I understand. Guy. they're, 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 they're like people, these uh, dogs, <laughs> <Yeah>. are <laughs> our dogs. I mean, if you're not a dog lover, you know, you don't get it, but it's, it's uh they're pretty special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you, what you guys are saying. I mean, this is definitely, I mean, over these last six months, there's been a lot of transition all you can do is try and thrive. I I mean, I've been in business. I mean, I've, I've been in business for over 21 years so far. I mean, I've been a gym owner for over 15 years and had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But I mean, no matter what, I think through all those times, the one thing I've never lost is my, is my optimism and my ability to kind of pivot and roll into something else. Or, you know, just, it was never like, Oh, it was the worst thing that's ever happened. It was like, all right, well, You know, but if I didn't do that, (laughs) I wouldn't have learned this. And sometimes it's at an expense, you know, of, uh, you know, you you go into a project and you, you know, you lose money or or something happens that at the time might feel like an awful thing, but looking back on it, you say to yourself, this is kind of what molded me into today. So yeah, you you hope you could just keep building on that.
0: 100%. You said, uh, sorry, I don't need that, but you said you were, uh, you're out in New York city. Now you ever plan on going back?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I mean, again, I feel bad saying this, but I'm probably one of the luckiest gym owners on the planet right now because my 15 year lease happened to expire May 31st. Wow. So, you know, I've owned, you know, several gyms in New York city. I've started several digital platforms. I've, I've worked with, you know, almost a dozen fitness brands and, you know, uh, developing their brands and strategy. And I've really had my, my fingerprint in a lot of these companies and you know when i um when i was renegotiating my lease last december my landlord and i couldn't come to terms and when covid you know started when everything started kind of snowballing and i think they closed gyms the monday night i'll never forget it actually i do remember the date monday so sunday was march 15th monday was march 16th so at about 8 p.m. we found out we were closing um For how long? We have no idea. Is it a month? Is it two months? I had a good guess. I I said fall. I I turned to my coaches. I said, you know what? I think this is going to be a fall thing. And I just, it was, it was a lucky guess. I don't know anything that (laughs) no one else knows. I just, I just had that feeling. And um, I think within 24 hours, I had a full, I collapsed one of my living rooms in my house. Um, I had a contractor come in and, and um, you know, secure the, uh, the floor from, from underneath. And, you know, I had a you know, little performance studio built and, you know, that was my mindset. I, I turned around immediately and I said, all right, well, we're going to be out of this for right now. How do I, how do I excel and pivot? Maybe focus on something that I never uh, thought I'd be able to f- focus hundred percent of my time on. Cause I had the gym and it worked out like better than I could have imagined. I mean, you know, I think I, I, I built about, um, a hundred thousand new emails, wow. uh, subscribers amazing. in one month, in one month. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. And, and over 100,000 new Instagram followers, which, which I know was um, pretty pretty much to help out. But I wasn't selling anything. I was just trying to add value and get free product. And I think a, a big issue that coaches have is they they just get so caught up in the dollar all the time. And I became a coach because I love changing lives. And it's just something that for me, it became so natural. I've been a coaching for 21 years. It's over 21 years. It became so natural that you know, I was like, Oh wow, I'm getting paid for this. It was kind of like magic when magic Johnson said like the Lakers want to pay me to play basketball. It was almost like the same thing. I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Like that's been my approach my entire life. And and because of that, um, it's been about me educating myself and learning more about business and positioning myself with good people and being able to build these businesses. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And then yes, the money comes, which is obviously, you know, a really important thing to be able to survive in life. But I, I didn't expect this to happen. I mean, if you asked me a year ago, I'd be in the position I'm in right now. I'd be shocked and, and very happy about it.
2: Wow. That's it's truly amazing, man. You know, the the fact that, you, you know, sharing that transition period and obviously too, you know, luckily, you know, that um, spot of yours with the landlord got cut off at that right time, so that's that's crazy, crazy, crazy to even think about that.
1: I mean, his tone definitely changed in March. I mean, I got a phone call from Hen Money. He, I won't re- repeat the words that I got in, a, in <laughs> <time>. but. um, <laughs> You know, wait, what you say? And, just- yeah. <laughs> him I, you know, at the end of the day, we always got along. I mean, he he was but he's the landlord. I mean, he's gotta yeah. he's gotta deal with this stuff and he's dealing with other tenants, and you know, it's very easy to turn around and be like, that guy's an asshole. Like, he's a landlord, he's gotta deal you don't understand the shit he's gotta deal with on yeah. a day to day basis. Comes of the territory. Tenants. Exactly. People not paying rent. So I think his tone definitely changed in March, but what ended up happening was a few months went by. Um I I paid in full throughout the lease. So March, April, May, I I paid, I I think, I mean, God, I was paying about 58,000 a month in rent and taxes. It's
0: it's crazy. 60, that's,
1: 30. So what's that about a hundred? So I paid about $180,000 between rent and taxes in those three wow. months. And I paid it and everyone's like, what are you nuts? I'm like, you know, I was, I've been in this space for 15 years right. and I made a guarantee to myself through all the hard times. I was going to do the right thing. I was going to see it out. I have a contractual deal with this guy and I want to pay it out. And and I, and I paid it out. I was really proud of that. And then he came back and he's like, well, what are we going to do now? I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do now. I'm not paying anything. I'll move it out or I'll, um, or you can just leave there and we can, we can leave it there and we can try and figure out a lease. So, um, we, it it turned around to the point where I think when Cuomo decided that, uh, gyms were going to reopen at 33% capacity, I was like, Oh, the hell with this. Like, I don't, I, I, everything's going too well. I can, I can leave my, my coaches on, I can have them continue to train virtually. I can hit the pause button and not have to go in and take the risk of real estate right now. And I moved everything out. And I'm uh, now in the process, I just hired an architect. I'm building a 2,000-square-foot uh, a studio in my backyard Amazing. Uh, on, on two That's levels. Possible. And I'm going to put everything in there. And in probably three to six months, we will probably be back in a new location in New York City. But in the meantime right now, I'm, I'm dealing with what's in front of me.
2: You know what's crazy is that I've actually, you know, speaking to different people and even <clears throat> uh, friends of mine who are in the real estate game, they've been telling me a lot of people are now been just considering putting more money towards getting a big home and just literally – running all their businesses from home you know and people have been doing that already but now even more it's just sped up that and people are just like you know what i'm just gonna bunker down whether it's either build my gym you know build my mini warehouse or build my whatever it is to run my full business yeah we've home, been talking online. about it. yeah we've been talking about it and i and and i think it's an interesting because you a lot of realtors been saying that the real estate game's even been changing the way people are approaching it um moving forward i wanted to ask you um you know, seeing where, seeing the transition that you know you've now gone through multiple times throughout you know your career Mm -hmm. being a gym owner doing the different stuff the apps online um but now really full throttle into this world that we're in what do you see or where do you see fitness headed to um and where would you say it's important for coaches to literally start putting attention into
1: yeah i think it's a good question um and I think I actually have a pretty solid answer on it. Listen, gyms aren't going anywhere. Like they're, they're not like a gym's not going to go out of business. There's still people who love that atmosphere. Um, but I think we fast forwarded things probably at least a decade. I think these last six months forced people to trust training outside of the gym. Where in the past, they would say to themselves, well, I'm not going to get as good of a workout or Mm -hmm. we were forced into it. And it it was it was the worst thing possible, I think, for gym owners, because, you know, now where you'd have someone in there five days a week, I think those people who are in five days a week might be in now maybe twice a week. And they might balance that out like what I'm doing now, like I'm training from home three to four days a week and I might stop in at uh, my uh, my uh, powerhouse gym. Beth Francis powerhouse, which is in my, uh, a couple of towns over from me. And I might, you know, train lower body there one day, or I might do some, you know, some different polling stuff that I don't have access to at my home yet. So I think we're going to see, um, I think we're going to see a lot of that, but I also think this time could have done coaches a big favor because I've been speaking at summits for the last six, seven years, and I've been talking um, when I got a call I'll never forget getting a call from Chris Poyer at P- Perform Better. And he says, we want you to speak. What do you want to speak of uh, on? You know, I, I thought the, my, my first thought was uh, fitness was, you know, covering topics of you know fitness, nutrition, recovery. And I was like, you know what? It just doesn't. Fitness excites me, but it just doesn't. Everyone's every coach is out there and they all think everyone thinks they're like. You know, They're better than this one and they're going to come. I'm like, the one area that I feel like I can really help people out with is branding. So I'm like, let me start doing some discussions on branding and social media and reach. And um, I started doing that. And five, six years ago, what I, what I said we needed to do is what's happening now. And I think it's forcing coaches now to say, all right, like, how am I going to build an email list? You know how am I gonna develop a website? The problem is, is that these coaches, they jump into this stuff and they think it's gonna be like an instant, when I say an instantaneous, you know, you know, response to what they're doing. They think it's like a year. Oh, well, in a year I should like, no, dude, no. like this is going to take three to five yep. years at least. Yeah. Like this is going to take a level of resiliency and and a level of consistency that most coaches just aren't ready to do. They don't have the chops for it. Like they'll jump into something, they'll start with social media. They're looking at their likes every day. They're like, oh uh, using followers from Instagram. Everyone's getting depressed on it. They don't know why that's happening, mm-hmm. which there's a reason why that's happening. And you know, I think people just get discouraged and they can't stick to a game plan. They they just go uh, making changes too much and they're just, uh, they, they adjust their plan way too much. And I'm not yeah. saying you don't adjust your, 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 your plan. You make adjustments, but you, but you got to ride it out for a period of time. And, and you got to understand this, this stuff takes time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I fell into that trap myself when I first launched my website. I was like, Oh, you know, I came up with this awesome, you know, steel mace educational course and I have my weekly workouts and it's like, I'm going to murder it. I'm going to sell, you know, a thousand of these right off the bat and all this stuff. And
1: then nothing,
0: you know, a couple trickled in here or there. And I was like, fuck, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was going
1: to be. But you it know? never happens. Yeah, It's never, I don't think it's happened with anyone. I mean, yeah. maybe you, you you could talk to specific coaches and I'm friends with that time things out really well, like eight or nine years ago right. who got involved into that market. And it was just a really good timing thing. But nowadays it doesn't happen. don't. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I get a call every week of someone who's got like a different product mm-hmm. and they're like, this is great. What do you think? And I'm like, you know, Greg Rose gave me the most valuable information 16 years ago when he was standing in my shell. Dr. Greg Rose said, you know, you can have the best golf club in the world. You could drive a golf ball 50 yards further. If you don't get it out there, no one knows what it is, you ain't gonna sell shit. Yeah. It's literally yeah, like right. marketing one, it's marketing 101. Mm-hmm. It's just you no, know, but I've never, I mean, very rarely is someone gonna take a product. I don't even care if you have celebrity endorsement. Like Ryan Reynolds, one of my I consider Ryan a brother of mine. Um, he's done more for me and in, Great in brother life. to have, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's, uh, tremendous superhero huh? <laughs> uh, I love them. They're, <laughs> they're incredible people. But y- you know, I mean, even when, when he went and he bought a, uh, he bought into aviation gym, and they didn't like he paid and bought an aviation gym. He put his. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how much time he put into this. Where if 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 anyone listening to this right now wanted to get a good takeaway, a celebrity does not get involved with a business and it's not instantaneous success. And normally, honestly, like a celebrity gets involved in the business, there's no, there's in, in my eyes, maybe maybe you've increased the chances of it being successful a little bit more. But when you look at what Ryan did to that brand aviation and the the late night phone calls with distributors with wow. drivers, wow. with like your people who are, you know, turning around salespeople, you'd be like, right. Yeah, of course he's doing it. like, that's, but that's how he built that business. And that's why that business became successful. I, you know, and that's, and that's what I'm finding right now. When you look at the people out there, the ones who truly build, build businesses, it's not like, Oh, let's just sign up you know, uh, Chris Evans and it's going to be successful. No, you need their involvement to be, um, you know, you, you need them to be in. And I found that early on when I partnered up with Adrian Peterson and Dwayne Wade and Ernie Els, and I created a best in class app called Driven and we murdered it out of the gate. We were number one in the app store in like three of the four categories that we launched. And we also launched a fitness app. And we did this production, this high production shoot, and then literally like hit the top of this roller coaster. And we just, I mean, literally held on and was like, oh, writing it down. There's no engagement. Right. There was no engagement. Like you, you need, I don't care who you are, you need to engage with your followers, your fans. Yep. You call it what you what what you want, but you could be the most successful i mean i mean peterson law uh, we launched that app with peterson the year he won his mvp we launched that app with with wade a day after he won with miami the shout out d wade yeah, yeah right. shout out <laughs> d. Wade. i mean awesome awesome guy by the way i mean great guys but you know the, their agents were were doing those deals and it was like you know and they were protecting their athletes it was i can't get mad at anyone about that i don't think any of us knew at that time um you know, the level of engagement that you need. But when you look at someone like Ryan, he engages and he is, he puts his fingerprint in there. And I think that's what's so impressive about some of these, um you know, celebs out there, like, you know, Dwayne Johnson, like he's, mm-hmm. he's in it. Like, you yep. know what I'm saying? So. Um, Kevin Hart, another one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're in it. I, yep. I, mean, I mean, I think those are the brands that become successful, but just to think that you're going to partner up with a celeb, it's like, doesn't necessarily mean that.
2: I love yeah. that. I
0: love yeah. I that. think, I think one of the only terms I, can't stand more than influencer is passive income, right? Like, there's no such thing oh, wow. as, yeah. there's no, no such is. thing as Pat. Like, first of all, if you ever tell me that you're an influencer, like, I'm gonna walk away, I'm not even gonna finish the conversation. <laughs> I'd I'd and it. if you if bring up, if you a celebrity bring celebrity trainer, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 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 I hate celebrity trainer, yeah. like, oh yeah. god. And you Whatever. know, it's like, if, if you tell me you're an influencer and you have a way for me to make passive income, I'm definitely <gasps> gonna walk away, you know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna say
1: a word. I the problem is, is that it's just, it's setting you up for this level of like laziness, in my opinion, like 100%. when you hear, it's like, oh, it's just sitting there and like, let the money come in, like, like make money when you're sleeping. And yes, like there is, it is nice when you build a business to a point where you can go to bed and wake up and you're making money. And I'm not telling you, that's not the goal. That is the goal, but you got to earn that, yep. right. And That's something that takes years to build and so much consistency and so many mistakes. I mean, if I sat here right now and went through all my fuck ups, excuse my language, I don't know if I could say that on here. but Yeah, that's okay. It's going to be on YouTube. You you can, want. Listen, I say fuck <laughs>
0: every five minutes, so it's all right.
1: If, if you were to look at all my fuck ups, I mean, we would be on this show for the next 40 minutes going through it, but you know, you can't, I mean, if every time I fucked up, I was like, oh, like, yeah, it's like, you got to turn around and say, all right, well, how did I make that mistake? What did I do? How do I do it better? And Let's go. And you just got to, and you got to bounce back. And I think that's a big problem. People just are, they're getting lazy yep. and they just, they'll turn around and they'll look at someone like Kayla Itzen's who's making a hundred million a year or whatever that math is. I don't I don't know, 80 million, a hundred million a year. And they're like, Oh, I'm a better coach than her. Like she got involved in this way before you did. She right. has her husband who knows a lot about marketing. She can connect with her client. Like who gives a shit how good of a coach it is. You, you don't even know. No one knows how good of a coach she is. No one's actually sat there right. and no one's actually watched her coach. And no one's actually seen if she knows how to screen or if she's, if she does continue education, we really don't know that whether it's mm-hmm. true or not, it's, it's totally irrelevant, but everyone's so quick to turn around and beat someone like that up. Cause she's so successful and they feel like, well, I should be that successful. I'm a better coach. Like, no, you, n- no, you shouldn't. Like mm-hmm. you blew it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, she, uh, yeah. No, honestly, in yep. All yep. Famous, 100%. Like, I don't care how good of a coach you are. You blew it. Right. Because when she was turning around and she had the vision and the foresight to go after it and build that digital empire, you were sitting there training people one-on-one. Yep.
0: You
2: know, trying I, we, to we talk about that. Go from we, literally, an hour, I guys. mean, you're it's, talking it's,
0: about us, you know, like I, and I, I've mentioned this on a podcast too. We both have like when Instagram started bringing, uh, videos on like those 15 second videos, I saw him in Equinox and I was, he was like, man, like him and another friend of ours were filming content. And I was like, man, what are you guys doing? Like that looks dumb. He's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, like you got to, you know, you got to start editing. You got to start filming your workouts and editing, editing them on this thing called iMovie. And I came from a strength and condition background. I'm like, you're, fa- that sounds fucking lame, man. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm here to train people. Like that's, that's what we do. He's like, nah, man, oh, yeah. I'm telling you this is going to be, and now, you know, five years later. He just points a finger at me and starts, you know, smirking. And I know exactly what he's thinking. I was there also
1: (laughs) when, when, when Facebook launched, I was like, that's my private business. I'm not going to let anyone the next thing, you know, like I'm doing it. And it's not about me. Like if you go look at my social, I'm not sitting there with my shirt off every five seconds, you know, maybe it's every 20 posts, it's fine. But, um, I am the whole purpose of my social media, except last week. Last week was an emotional week. My buddy died. I took some of time off. Right. Did, did a couple non-fitness related posts. But 90 to 95% of my posting is about giving away free shit to people. Mm-hmm. Like I gave away 11 weeks of giveaways. I was giving away treadmills and perform better gyms and ice baths and Norma Tech systems and all this stuff giving away. And I was giving away programs and, and it was just give, 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 give and every day giving away content. And it's like, you know, at, at first when I'm doing it, people are like, Oh, you're, you're really, you're having fun with Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I, I love doing it because I'm able to turn around and basically, you know, reach out to so many more people out there. But like, don't laugh at this. Like, this is a hobby. Like, this is like, no, I'm building a business right now. And then right. I think when people saw how it could become a monster and, um, you know, I think the outreach and the brands and the business and how I can actually stay at home now and do what I love. You know, this is this is fantastic. I used to commute three hours a day into the city, you know, wow. an hour and a half. each way, and. I, I, and I had a hockey game this morning at 6.30 a.m. You know, I was, I was home at 8.15, taking my son to school. You know, it's like, and then I'm working and then I go lift and then I'm back here doing this now. And last night I'm on a podcast at eight o'clock. It's exciting. My schedule is always changing. It's fun. I'm building things. It's, it's just, I, this did not happen for me overnight. This has been a, you know, I just did this talk where I said, you know, I'm a 21, I'm a, I'm a 20 year. I said, 20 year. I said, I'm a 20 year overnight success. It was like a joke. It was my, like my first pillar. Like this is like, if you think I'm an overnight success, you, yeah, sure, I am. It took 21. It took 21.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah. Time, I think man. something important, you know, bringing up is the fact that you mentioned over and over again that there's a lot of lazy people, you know, and there's a lot of people that just don't want to put in that work, you know, and it obviously shows, you know, the amount of work that you've been putting for so many years and like you're saying now it's like yeah i'm a 20 year success 21 year success like yeah you know people don't understand that it's just like yeah it sometimes takes that patience takes up that, that plan that you've been putting into effect for so many years obviously you make tweaks and you change certain things but you've never stopped moving the wheel and you've always kept delivering 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 understanding that one day you're going to get your break and I think that's the part that scares a lot of people is that they just want this instant gratification because everything in today's world is instant. It'd you know, be you, nice. Listen, crazy. I'm not going
1: to lie. It, it'd be nice. But, you know, if if there was an instant gratification, I wouldn't have learned what I learned. Like 100%. I wouldn't be. I mean, mm-hmm. part of this also is the fact that I can turn around and have that conversation and and I can educate and I, and I can I can help people out. But, you know, man, I I, I just it, it's, you know, I I had a call the other day from a, from a coach and. You know, I think people have heard in the past when I was charging one-on-one rates, what, what, what my rates were. And they're like, oh my God, I, you know, I got to start charging rates like that. And I'm like, supply and demand, brother, it's supply and demand. It's that simple. So this, this kid calls me up the other day and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm charging 600 a session. I I said, awesome. I said, good for you. I said, how many uh, clients do you have? And he's like, two. And I'm like, two. Okay. How many sessions are you doing a week? He's like, out of those two people, probably three to four sessions
0: it's not going to move the needle.
1: Exactly. I so so I, I'm, I'm like, so fine. You're making X amount of dollars a week. Why wouldn't you drop your rate to 200 and get three times the amount of people, you know, make, make the same money. Like it, it, it doesn't like, like, like just get more. Well, why would you want to do that? I said, because you got to get in contact with more people to build a business. Yeah. You're, you're not like you're, you're working three to four sessions a week right now. Like that's pathetic like you're not going to build a business. Like you're going to be known as the, as the guy who's charging too much money. Yeah. And and you're not going to like I, I I trained guys in the last 20 years of my career, 21 years of my career, I figured this out the the other day. I've probably trained over 40,000 one-hour sessions. 40,000. Like that's a lot of reps, man. A lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot of hours to be in there. And out of those 40,000 hours, I can assure you that probably 5,000 of those hours were probably free sessions, free for people who are like, you know, editors, publishers, um, you know, the heads of, you know, a a specific company um, on and on and on and on celebs just like, just get me in front of them. It's over. Get right. me in front of them and it's over. And I don't mean to sound cocky like that, but this has got to be the attitude. But I see so many coaches, like, what do you think I should charge? them? like, get them in there, man. Give them a free session. Yeah. Mm. Like get them pregnant with the idea of you first, like get, get in pregnant. front of them. Don't like talk that. dollars. If you sit here talking 600 an hour before you meet them, they're never going to walk and work with you. Yeah. But 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 come on, man! Increase that volume a little bit. That's a big problem, and that's and that's more coaches than less. Is that they, they start comparing themselves to someone who is so far beyond them, and they think they
2: should just be there, and and they, and they haven't put in the reps yet. That, that comparing syndrome, you know. I tell people all the time, like you want to move forward, you got to stop comparing. You know, like I'm gonna say it again, like that person's chapter twenty is not your chapter one. You know, mm. and there's a reason why they're there. Like you've been putting in this work for. Over twenty years, you know.
1: I, I totally agree. anytime anytime a young coach turns to me and they start comparing themselves to someone, I, I literally look at them and I'm like, "Oh, please, yeah." Like it is just like this is this is a joke. Like listen, hey, your to yourself dudes right dude. Now. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you're feeling bad. Like, I'll never forget. I was going. Um, I brought a bunch of coaches to a summit years ago, and we're walking in, and they're mentioning a name of a of a of a speaker who I know is a really good guy, but everyone's like, oh, like I'm hearing everyone like this, this guy, this guy's not a good coach. So, and I'm like, stop, stop. I'm like, look in his room. And they look in, I'm like, he's a good coach." People are in that room. yeah, And they're like at least five, 600 people. I said, so there's five or 600 people in his room. There was 300. in My room It was my first year speaking. People are literally standing up to see this person. And you're sitting here bashing him. I made them all go sit down and, and listen to the, to the talk.
0: Yeah. And then afterwards I said,
1: well, I said, what was it?" I said, so you already shut this person down before you went in to go listen. He, they are successful for a reason. Yet you're pointing out the negative. You're saying it's about coaching. Coaching is the easy part, guys. Like this is like, you could sit down, read a manual. You could, you could turn around. You could, you could, you could start emulating, uh, you know, a trainer out there, someone who knows how to do stuff, and you could just target and focus on one specific area, whether it's kettlebells or whether it's training with dumbbells or whether it's you know energy systems work or, or something, and you could become great at that. You could call yourself the guru. You can't connect, you're screwed. Yeah, that's it's right. Over. Yep, and that's Connection. a big problem.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I I had one of those aha moments a couple of years ago. I mean, do you know Mark Magna? You know Mark? Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Mark. Mark and I. He's um, um the owner of uh, one anatomy. of the co owners of the yeah, yeah anatomy yeah yeah Mark and I um yeah we I think we follow each other on social. He's been on my podcast. Yeah, recently. he's an
0: amazing guy, right? And really you know, I'm so guy, yeah. So I worked at Equinox on South Beach, which is where he worked for I think <laughs> eight or ten years. You know and. For whatever reason, when he left, it must have left some bad taste in people's mouths. And mm-hmm. I came maybe like a year after that, and everyone was just trashing him. I like, I don't even know the guy. You know, I'm not going to do that. But if you guys say so, then whatever it is that you guys have with him, then that's fine. And then I went over to anatomy and taught some group fitness classes for you know eight months or so. And he's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. You know, like yeah. always bent over backwards to help me when I needed it. You know, yeah. we asked him to come on the podcast. You know, it took. 30 seconds for him to book a time. That's Mark. You know, and when, once I got to anatomy and, and, you know, started being around him, I'm like, what,
1: what is wrong with these people? Like, why do yeah, they have You know what it is? Also, people want to bash other people that are successful. Like, I've been, yes. I, I, I've been employing coaches for 15 years. Okay. And I could say that probably 90% of the coaches or staff that has worked for me, I can go have a beer with right now. I mean, I remember front uh, women who worked for my front desk would come to the holiday party after they left years later. I mean, we just had a good relationship, but there's a couple of coaches in there right now that, you know, obviously think they can do better, a better job than I can fine. No problem. But it also shows a level of like, I don't know, narrow mindedness when they, you know, could turn around and point the finger and they're never really sitting in my, in my seat. Yeah. And really, really, really quick story. So I I, I had a golf, um, I, I have a golf business. I, I had a golf business in my, in my gym for 15 years. It was indoor simulators upstairs. We had, um, we had a bar, we did corporate entertainment. That's cool. That's o- badass. Corporate entertainment. Really awesome. We had to adjust the model because at one point when, and I think in 07, 08, when Lehman Brothers closed and Bear Stearns closed and we and all that corporate spending went away, we had to change our model a bit. I had this golf pro. Oh my God, it was probably 10 years ago. And he and he turns around and we're like sucking wind at this time. And our, our AC blew and I got a $15,000 air conditioning bill. It's like August. Oof. I'm like, holy crap. Like it's our slowest month, like you know, we're, we're taking out loans, like, like we're, the bills are piling up. And it was, it was, listen, it was a, it was a challenging time. He sits down in my office and he goes, you know, I disagree with how you're doing things. Wow. Interesting. "Interesting. I know, fine. No problem. But My my door's open. I'm I'm glad you could sit here and talk to me. (laughs) What's going on? He goes, all the golf pros should be in matching golf shirts. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, wow, man, really, really, that means really impressive. And you're absolutely right. They should be. But for me to put matching golf shirts with logos on for all the golf pros right now, it's going to run me probably three, 4,000 bucks. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get the air conditioning on. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really, he was like, you know, cause he's, cause he wasn't, listen, he, he doesn't, he didn't have that business sense. He didn't. And when I say he didn't have that business sense, I'm not saying he's a stupid person, but he couldn't turn around and sit in my seat. So, for instance, with Mark Menia, Megna, sorry, when he it was probably you know someone at corporate in Equinox or one of the managers, and what probably happened was Mark's a good-looking guy and he's got a great build and he went in and he's charismatic and people probably started getting drawn to him and a couple of coaches probably got pissed and the training manager probably lost control over him and then he finally got an investor to come in and go do his own thing and guess what he succeeded. Yep. Yeah. Whether the gyms do great or not, it's it's irrelevant. I don't know what the books are and they probably crush it and good for him, but. you You know what? He succeeded because he went off and he did it. Yeah. Pissed them off. Yeah. Cause they, cause they didn't have the chops to go do that on their own.
0: Right. And I mean, good, you know, good for him. He's, he's about to launch his, they're about to open their fourth location, you know, so you can't hate on the guy during, during
1: a, during a tough time. So it's really easy to point the finger. Um, but I think, I think, I think a, a big takeaway from today is try and sit, try and envision like sit in that person's chair, come sit in my seat you know, and envision the things that could be coming off.
0: Anytime you want me to sit in your seat, I'd be more than, <laughs> more than happy to, man.
1: More than happy to. No, but you, you know what? Um sometimes things happen behind closed doors and it's very easy to go point the finger and just assume that someone is making a poor decision. They don't really know, you know, and that's why I've really learned in my career to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, If someone's a bad person and they're mistreating people, that's, that's inexcusable. In my opinion, if I see someone mistreat my staff or, 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 or something to that fact factor, that's, you know, that's, that's something that's inexcusable. But I think when you turn around and you say, well, that was a dumb decision. I would, I always told my coaches, guys, if you see something you're confused about it, come in and ask me because I'll give you, you know, uh, you know, I'll I'll give you a good answer, um, to why it is. And, and if they, if they, you know, had the guts to come in and do, do that, I would, I would tell them and I would give them a really straightforward answer.
2: And I think that's another thing too. Like you brought up, you know, I think you, you see a lot of times, uh, even in our, especially in our field where it's sometimes it's hard for these coaches to actually come and, and ask women like, Hey, I need help. Or like, What is that? Because they don't want to feel bad or look bad or they want to bother. Knowing that, like, what do you do with your coaches? How do you work with your coaches? Because it's obviously you're a leader. um, And especially during these times now, you're working virtually. What's that approach and what do you recommend for other leaders who are running their own teams uh, to best approach their coaches to always make ah, yeah. them feel welcomed and, and right. hey, are no, open think it, to talk to me. It's an amazing
1: question. It, it, it's an amazing question. I, I think, I think um, um, leaders, owners, managers have to put themselves in the coach's position because it's a scary time. I mean, it's, you know, I'm in a much different situation than my, than my coaches. I have other sources of income, you know, I've been doing this a lot longer than them and I've, I've, I've worked that up. But you know, a lot of these coaches, if they were just relying on, training people and then suddenly you take that away from them like look at Equinox had a layoff how many oh yeah you know trainers i mean i don't even know what what percent is it you got is a lot of 90%? friends yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah a lot of people lost and that's scary like that's that's really scary so to answer your your question Um, the, uh, I I think a lot of these managers need to put themselves in the coach's position and and understand that, you know, this is, this is a really difficult time for them. And I think they have to really try and relate to what they're going through and that a lot of these coaches are scared and that's normal. I, I, I I would, I would have been too, if it was, you know, 15 years ago and I was, I was just coaching and that's all I had it, this would have been a much different time for me than it is now yeah. um you know unfortunately I, you know i wish with you know because i know ppp and a lot of um you know a lot of these uh, loans that businesses were able to take out when i hear that you know a gym had to fully lay off their staff that was something that i wish could have been a little bit different uh you know it was something i put a lot of effort into the first the second we knew we had to close the gym doors um it immediately was uh, a phone call with the staff and you can talk to every single one of them we employed 90 percent of them through the whole shutdown mm-hmm. um we employed the trainers you know through the shutdown we actually um continue to charge uh, virtually but the club cut their cut the uh the uh the cost per session in half and we actually incentivized the coach to make more um i kept on two managers, I'm sorry, three managers. I kept on my cleaning guy full time awesome. and paid him. You know, he worked for me for 15 years. I'm not saying that to do a pat on the back, but you know, I, I think as a, as a gym owner, as someone who's trying to lead a team, I have to take my staff under my wing and say, guys, you know, you've dedicated so much to me. I got to turn around. And I got to dedicate a lot to you. Yeah. And, um, you know that was something that I wish a lot of facilities did differently. I don't necessarily know. I don't know if Equinox actually was able to keep on a lot of their coaches. No, I think they I furloughed a lot of people. Yeah, they furloughed a lot. Now, what did they? What did those coaches do though? I mean, I did mean, they not make any money?
0: I know one of my friends. He was the personal <laughs> training manager here at the the location of Burkle Heights, and I know he just decided like, all right, well, if you're going to do that to me, like, I got to go figure something else out, and he just went out on his own.
1: You know, yeah, and 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 listen, as. Again, I'm not sitting in the you know I'm not sitting in the chair of the Equinox CEO. I'm not, Um, as you know, Equinox is owned by Related. I know Mm -hmm. Steve Ross is worth you know probably five six billion bucks. Who who knows how much? Yeah, he said pretty.
2: Owner. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, but 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 again, we're not sitting in their situation. We don't know right. fully understand. But, you know, I wish something a little bit better than having the majority of their staff. I haven't heard anyone say, oh, no, they took care of us or no, they supplemented some income. Or I mean, no, I don't think I've just... I don't
0: think I've really ever, you know, having worked for Equinox. And again, right. The great company, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm sure he would say the same thing if it weren't for Equinox. But I don't think I've ever heard a person say that about yeah,
1: them. Yeah, I, I worked for them back in 99. Right. I actually worked for the Ericos up on okay. um, wow. 76, 76 in Amsterdam, 74. I think it was 76 in Amsterdam. I worked for them for one year. I saw it go from a, a six-month mom and pop of like seven or eight locations being bought by uh, by a corporation. And it was a valuable lesson for me because I saw that whole transition. But um, yeah, no, I I, I mean – Listen, they they gave me my first start and I'm very grateful for, for that. But I, I just, you know, everyone's, um, you know, these coaches work really hard. Mm-hmm. And you know they're expecting these. Uh, a lot of these big box gyms are expecting these coaches to, you know, commute in. Especially in New York City, it's like no one, like none of these. Most of these trainers in New York City aren't living on you know Seventy Second and Park Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. they you know they're yeah. living on in Queens. They're living in Brooklyn. They're mm-hmm. you know they for them to get in for a five thirty a.m. client, they have to be up at four a.m. at least three thirty in the morning at least yeah. uh, to take a train at that hour to get up to shower to eat to get themselves presentable to show up. you know, training, you know, people during the day and and cleaning up weights and then giving themselves a little bit of a break before they have to go do that in the evening. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mentally grinding job. And, you know, when you sit there and you're continually doing those hours over and over, it's really tough. I, I just, I just hope and wish that, um, I really hope that I start hearing stories about individuals that actually were like, no, like, like, like like these, this gym owner or this corporation took Mm -hmm. care of us because it it should be that way. I mean,
0: even, even in my one-on-one business with my clients, like I, right when the, the private training facility that I was training out of that's, you know, is no longer open and I'm not there anymore, obviously right. When all that happened, I sat down and had a phone call with my clients. I was like, listen, guys, like, you know, I'm still building out my online stuff. And, you know, we were building out the podcast at that time. If you guys don't continue to train, like, I I won't have a revenue for the next three, six months, however long it's going to be. Like you, I thought this was going to go at least into the fall. And having that open and honest conversation with them, I think, honestly, brought me a lot closer to them. And, and they doubled down on training. Instead of doing, you know, three days a week, they went to five. Yeah. If they were doing two, they went to four. You know, because they yeah. were like, you know, he like you were saying, right, I've I've brought so much value into their lives and, and, you know, on the flip side, they've brought even, in my opinion, more value than I brought to them with all of their expertise and, and all of their help. But they saw how much value I brought to them and they said, you know, we got to take care of this guy. You know, and, it's nice and to hear. I'll, I'll be forever grateful for them, yeah. you know, because of it's, that.
1: It's really, not, it's really nice to hear when you, when you hear stories like that. Um, I, I, I just want to hear more of them. Yeah, yeah. I agree.
2: It's it, And it really shows like you know, people's character, you know, it really shows the character and the type of person they are when you hear these kinds of stories and especially during moments like this where, you know, it's like, you, you want to be able to be that person as well that you know that you were able to help and protect others during mm-hmm. these times. Obviously, you know, everybody, you know, situation can be a little different. Like you said, we can't just jump the, the, the gun and, and judge people depending on their situation. But, you know, at the same time, it is nice. It is nice to hear those stories and, you know, see who is putting their foot down and really working hard to make sure that they're taking care of their staff, their team, their coaches, um, their people that have been with them and sacrificing for them as well. Because, you know, if it wasn't for them either, you know, those those people running those businesses wouldn't have a business, you know, if it wasn't for those people helping them push through.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yes. Well said. Um but now you guys kind of opened, uh, you know, allowed me to like raise an eyelid to the whole gym question. Like you start thinking about it too. And there's just so much optics going on,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: with uh, these businesses wanting to kind of show that they're doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, they're really only into it for, you know, their own betterment. So, you know, I, I mean, and again, like, I, and I understand I'm, I was a gym owner up until about a week ago after 15 years. I mean, I still technically own my business, but, um, You know, when these gyms started opening, everyone was so quick to be like, you know, we're back and we're doing all the necessary precautions. And I I get that and I understand and I respect that. But, you know, I mean, I think some of the bigger box chains were kind of blowing their whistle a little too early. Before they really knew if it was safe or if it wasn't safe, you know. Once I believe, you know, I believe that once our governor said, you know, it's it's safe to start taking that transition. One hundred percent did I have faith in him? One hundred percent because looking at the numbers now and how he's approaching that, I think it's smart. I think, you know, again, if it was a couple of months earlier, um, who knows how, what could have happened? Maybe everything could have went, you know, awry. I think the mistake that they made though was they necessarily didn't know how to categorize what should open first. Like what's a boutique, what's a big box gym, what's a private studio, gotcha. you know, yeah. you know, like when you, when you, when you have my buddy who, you know, Jeff Halovey, who ended up moving down to Florida and his facility was, you know, 6,000 feet. And there was probably four or five people in there on any given day. He should be able to open <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's just, that's his business model. Like yeah. you can't compare that to Barry's boot camp. You can't, like, it doesn't make any sense. You can't compare that to Equinox, you know, and now, but, but now what's, what's a little annoying is that you're seeing Equinox sending out like letters like, all right, well, you have to book your point appointment to come in and you can only come in three days a week, but we want you to pay full membership. Like, how does that, like, how does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, yet my friend Katya Price can't open her, you know, um, you know, she can't open her dance body studio, um, why? Like, like, but have her do it at thirty-three percent capacity. Have people spread out a little bit more. Like, it mm. doesn't make sense to me. Like, you can go to another gym in Long Island right now, and people are working out. Like, it just doesn't. Like, I think, I think it's just, it's just kind of a mess. It's a little bit yeah. of a disaster, yeah. and I can understand how gym owners are getting really frustrated with it. Um, yeah,
0: we had, we had the same thing happen down here, kind of. Uh, but on the flip side, right? They opened everything back up in May. Yeah, and gyms were allowed. Not, you know, you, you had to wear. I don't think you even had to wear a mask inside the gym. I don't. I don't really remember.
2: I I think at the beginning you did. You were forced, and then they kind of like watered that thing down. But then the
0: cases started to spike again in like end of June, July here, and they were like, "Well, we're going to shut everything down again." And everyone in the fitness community was like, "If you shut this, if you shut us down again, like we're going to fold every gym. Every gym in Miami is going to
1: fold." Yeah,
0: and they were. Um, You know, it took some. It took some serious conversation for them to be like, "Okay, maybe we do need to take a step back, and we do need to reanalyze this." Because to your point. They didn't have a they didn't have a plan. They had no plan. They're just oh, okay, open open things back up and you know if we need to close them down we can we, and why we are will. they gonna
1: fold? Why are they gonna fold? And I and I completely understand. Like if they're continuing to pay rent, which they, they are fold, which It they just are. doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. Can you please get the dogs to please be be quiet? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is killing me right <laughs> now. Guys, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, um Yeah, so um, you know, why are they gonna fold? It's because You know, rent is still, you know, being charged. I mean, my, my landlord, I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, when my landlord, who I'm paying 58 grand a month to with taxes for me to leave my equipment there, he tried charging me 5,000 bucks a month. I'm like, wait a second. I paid you three months at a time where no one's paying and it will well, my lenders. Like you gave me that bullshit. Well, how about 2,500 bucks? Like This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not paying you anything. Right. Like, and so I, anything I didn't good. pay him a cent after that because I did more than I, than I should have. But you know, if, the, if the landlords aren't getting any type of break, which I honestly can't figure out if they are, or they aren't like, are, you know, are the lenders giving them a break? Is there any type of tax, you know, break that they're, that they're getting on all this? Like it just it, like we never got a, um, we never got a, a real honest answer. So, Look, in in a time like this, you would say, yes, stop charging these gym owners rent. But then the landlords have to have some type of break also. Otherwise, they're going to go under, like, like sit in their chair it's a little like bit. An always- and, yeah. So it's like I, it's, it's just it, it, I just feel like that it wasn't really. Yes, the government had to make this decision in a short period of time, but there was just certain things that weren't thought out. I mean, unless the landlords are just lying to all of us, which they probably are. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all full of shit. Right? Yeah, right? It's,
0: it's kind of just, <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory <laughs> um, when you talk especially about landlords.
1: Here in, um, Miami. Oh. oh,
2: man. No, but down here <laughs> they Miami's were paying. Like you like know, fraud city. Yeah, they had to
0: pay, they had to keep paying their lease unless like you can negotiate with your landlord, which mm-hmm. to your point, why would they negotiate if they know that they're going to get your money? Mm-hmm. You know, or you're going to go under and they're going to have to fill it, which they're probably going to have to do anyway. You know, it's just
1: none of it. None of it makes sense. I mean, the landlords, none of the landlords make sense to me. I mean, even my landlord, I I turn around, I says, you know, I'll stay in there if you give me a rev split. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I can't imagine how many yeah. gyms or how many facilities went under. There should have been like a grace period where there was at least a rev split where like everyone's kind of protected and the landlords are making cash, but then mm-hmm. they're turning around the landlords like, well, our lender, our lenders aren't accepting that. I'm like, so the land, the lender would rather take no money than something like if my gym's generating up 200, $300,000 a month, if you make 20% of that, that's still a dollar amount. You're talking to me about 2,500 to 5,000 bucks for equipment storage and you won't take 20% of my business. If you're that confident that it's going to be restored, which you keep telling me because you want me to resign that lease, then go with it. Well, uh, well, uh, our lenders, well, then the lenders are wrong. Like it's just, someone should be getting, because then guess what? Does the landlord get a tax break on the space now? If he's not renting it out, does he get some sort of a tax break? So what does that mean now? Our our, our government, our our country's losing money because the landlord's not paying that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just none of it seems like it's thought out at all. Um, And it's obviously not because the government didn't understand that every gym is not created equal. The gyms Mm -hmm. that they were allowing to kind of go back into it were the ones I'd probably worry the most about. (laughs) Yeah. gyms to me. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like a cesspool. And like those lockers are a freaking petri dish. It's even the disgusting. the
0: benches, the dumbbells. Like when I worked at it's Equinox, disgusting. I would even when I didn't work the floor, and, and you know that that you know very hideous blue shirt that they would make you wear. Like
1: I would go. Yeah, I had a yeah, I, cool. I had, had, a,
0: I had a couple of guys that that worked with me that r- reminded me about the purple shirts. Yeah. But oh my God, I'm old man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, yeah. But again, it's like none of this stuff. Let's, like, let's grab a black disgusting. light. And
2: it's
0: yeah. just <laughs> yeah. I mean, disgusting, and true. Really. It's like people are like people are so worried about COVID in in the gym. It's like you don't worry about getting a staff infection when you go in that gym. But you're you're more likely to get a staff infection than you are COVID in that gym. You know,
1: (laughs) the locker rooms are what really scares me. I mean, Mm -hmm. now you're going and standing in the shower. I mean, I know the showers aren't work are open now, but that's where, like, that's the one thing that I realized when I was opening my gym years ago. That
0: while um, the steam rooms down here in Miami, man, you should you should not go in those. I tell you what, I needed some therapy after I walked in one day. It's a little, (laughs) (laughs) you know,
2: it's a little tough. So Donna, I gotta ask you, man. Like, just seeing with everything that's everything that we've experienced, you being a gym owner, you know, virtual going through this amazing journey uh and seeing with the whole covid situation if you ever do open up a gym or another location and for all the you know gym owners out there how would you say or what would you say is your take your opinion on the best way of preparing yourself financially mentally and just in case something else similar to this ever happens again
1: well, I'm not doing it now. I mean, it's something where like like I said, I felt I felt like I was the luckiest gym owner because I had the ability to hit the pause button. And not like if I had to jump back in there now and even if I was paying 50% rent, what 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 happens if 33% of my business comes back and I'm only paying 50% rent? Well, I'm going to be short, aren't I? And I'm going to put myself in a really tough situation because these landlords right right now, especially the ones that aren't, you know, as flush as you think they are, they're going to collect on every cent. And yeah. it's going to be a lot of stress. So right now, um, you know, I, I know like a true entrepreneur is going to say, you know, when, you know, when, when times are tough is when you double down type of thing and that bullshit, but not,
0: not, not you got to know business. when to cut your losses as well. Yeah, you that's know? True. you too.
1: also got to, you, you also got to turn around. I also think a true entrepreneur knows how to kind of take a step back and take a deep breath and not get too excited to jump into that next thing and just say, listen, I'm doing all right with what I'm doing. I'm going to assess the next couple of months. I believe that real estate price is going to be driven down. Like I do personally same. And maybe yeah. after the new year, hundred percent guy, God willing. I hope yeah. there's a vaccine. Yeah. He, he's, I still think the city's far away from it. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's been, you know, I know, you know, you've been looking at getting a house. I tell him like, just wait a year, year and a half, you know, especially down here. Like there's going to yeah. be more floor foreclosures. I'm,
1: we can imagine a little bit. Yeah. Hang out. There's just too much uncertainty right now. It's like, yeah, I I think when our government doesn't even really know what's going on yet and they don't have answers, I think that's like, who? I mean, I mean the most successful people I've surrounded myself with due to luck and and just, uh, I love these people, but they're all telling me the same thing. They're Mm -hmm. like, this is going to take longer to to recover than most people think. And just, you know, this is what, and it's sad about New York because New York, I mean, I've been pro New York my entire life. I mean, I'm so proud to be from the state, the city, I'm so proud. I've had a business in this city. I feel like it's different if you're from New York. There's this is level of like toughness that you have to develop. Like yeah. you know, New York tough. You always hear I'm these from Syracuse,
0: things. I understand.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. But like you know what? Um, with with everything going on with the crime right now, the city and the energy level, it's just it's just a different place. And New York will restore. I believe it will. It's just gonna take some time.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's hard for Americans in general, but especially for you know, people who own businesses, type A people who are really driven, always looking to like, you know, check that next box to be able to tell yourself like, you know, let's take a let's take that step back. Let's, you know, really assess what's going on. It's it's difficult for people because especially when you're living in the city, right? It's like you're talking about the most, you know, extrinsically driven place in, in all of America. You know, there's nowhere the like world. New York City. Yeah, <laughs> really probably is. the world, right? It really is. It really, you know, is. It really, is. It really is. Where it really is. you're not only competing with yourself, like you are literally competing against tens of millions of other people, you know, right. in order to, right. in order so to get in to in the, the level. Game. Yeah, right. So, so to actually have to sit there and say, I need to take a step back and maybe just do the things I've been doing anyway. You know, it's tough for
1: people. It's time. I mean, I mean, like I said, most people aren't in that situation where they can do that. That's why I said, I feel like I'm really, I'm really fortunate to be able to do it now. Will I be back in the city? Probably. I mean, probably, we'll see. Who knows what happens? What if this hits again in a few months? Mm-hmm. What if now, you know, my business hasn't been in brick and mortar for a year and I'm just that much further along on digital? Is it worth going back in and doing that? Or am I going to be know, right, I mean technically right now I don't I don't have to go back in and 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 do it. I I I would go back in and do it because I have a new I have a new plan. I have a new model that I wanted to implement in with a new partner and we're really excited about it and it actually fits these times because there is a readiness component. There is a huge digital component. There's still a brick and mortar component but it's smaller, more recovery, um everything's just tighter, Mm -hmm. you know, just it's the space is more uh conducive to what we would be looking to do from a business model standpoint when we got involved in this space back in 2005 maybe went a little bit too big 15,000 square feet in New York City it's a lot of space to get started off within your first project um so a good there's amount. just things now I would do a lot differently
0: yeah well listen man we we're almost at an hour we don't want to take up too much of your time uh, we appreciate you coming we truly on truly appreciate you uh, awesome. you know you definitely shared a ton of insight that uh, you know I think more people need to hear about, right. Kind of stepping a little bit inside of, uh, someone like your shoes and to kind of see the other side and see that it's not, you know, it's not all roses all the time, just because you have, you know, 400 plus thousand followers on Instagram and, you know, you have a successful gym and a successful brand, like you still struggle. Um, so, you know, engaging. Yeah. Still engaging.
1: (laughs) Always. I mean, you gotta, at the end of the day, the model's really simple. Um, know, my, the reason why I became a successful coach later uh, early on was because my whole model was making sure they left feeling better than they did before they came in, you know, and obviously it was that level of professionalism of, of, you know, never forgetting why you were hired to come in and do that job. Right. And that's why I've been able to kind of sustain that, that clientele for that period, period of time. But this stuff takes time. Yeah, this is not a, this is not an overnight uh, this is not an overnight gig here. And, no, definitely not. You know, adding value to people's lives is something that if you're on digital or if you're in person, it's it's part of your model. Don't always sit there when someone's looking for followers on every good post they put up. I think that's almost like being like you're setting yourself up. for money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's Where's the money? I just put up this incredible content that probably bettered a, b- a bunch of people's lives, but I'm not getting in return. So I'm down on it. I mean, it's just put the stuff up that you Silly. believe is what you want to be part of your pillars. That's one of your pillars. That, that's part of the added value that you're giving to people and just keep your foot on the gas and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's going to take years. Yeah. When you're not
0: stressed and you're happy. Yeah. So I know, Men, I know Mendes got a couple of rapid fire questions he wants to ask sure. before he does sure. that. You know, where can people find you?
1: Simple. You can go to Um, I launch month, monthly challenges, and my, a lot of my programs are up there. You can also go to my Instagram at Saldino. I'm on Twitter. I'm on. I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, hey. Facebook. You know all that stuff. Don so, awesome. So cool.
2: Awesome. Any new projects?
1: Yeah. That you can not um, share.
2: <laughs> Yeah. So
1: a, a, a couple, I started working with this company called Thrive Tape. It's a, it's an infrared kinesiology tape company and we're actually expanding to China right now. So it's doing really well. And I've been wow, really lucky great. to be a part of that um, CBD company yeah. called half. Thank you. Half CBD company. I'm part of um, on running. I've been, uh, I've been uh, working with on running for Super three cool years. So that's yeah. not really new. but It's a great company. Love their shoes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, you know, uh, there's a supplement company I might start working with hey. soon again. Um, Oh, halo, halo sport. It's um mm. a company I became partners in. It's a, it's an electrolyte drink. We uh, got some in the yeah, fridge
0: right now. right now.
1: yeah. <laughs> I am i I'm i I'm a big part of that company, which is fantastic. And they've been absolutely unbelievable. And the product is unbelievable. Yeah. Obviously. We've done some workouts with them, yeah. uh, here awesome. in Miami. It's always great. Fantastic. So yeah, I mean that's that's that, and then obviously my barn I'm installing in the backyard. I'm super excited about that. It'll be fun. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe yeah, I can't we'll, uh,
0: wait to see the content coming
1: oh, out yeah. of there, man. Be fun. If you oh, guys yeah. are ever in New York, you'll come train with me out here. We'll, we'll definitely some oh, man, to have that. some fun. Yeah, we awesome. appreciate
2: that. And also too, whenever you have anything that you want us to share, we would be more than happy to share it with we our really fans, or audience. Yeah, of thank course. you guys. Um, so I'm gonna light you up with some quick little questions, and uh, we'll get through them pretty quick. Let's do it. Uh, number one. Um, one tool that you can only keep one fitness tool. Which one would it be?
1: One fitness tool? Yeah. Doesn't it mean it's 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 the one I use the most. Probably the kettlebell.
2: Been getting probably that answer. Probably too. I'd probably pick the kettlebell. Um, it's question. just
1: so versatile. I mean, I but just yeah. think you, you can really cover all five components of fitness with it: muscular mm. strength, muscular endurance, cardiovascular endurance, body composition, mobility, all that stuff. I think you can just really just cover, kill so many birds with one stone. So yeah, kettlebell.
2: One hundred percent.
1: Mace guy though over here. Yeah, Master I love the base. Actually, you know what? The mace is right there. I mean, that's yeah. that's. A
0: I always that I so. always get torn. I'm like, do I pick the kettlebell? Do it's I pick hard. the mace? Like which one? I'm yeah. a lot better
1: with the kettlebell. That's, yeah. that's one of the reasons. Also, yeah. like I I've worked with the mace before. It's it's a like, it's a
0: hard workout. Yeah, yeah it'll, it's, it'll, it'll it's, it's a hard
1: workout. But it's also like it forces your brain to really have. Yeah, to you got to think. Yeah,
2: or else you're gonna smash yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the one yeah. that taught me. Yeah. So it's it's both great tools. Great tools.
2: Um, question number two. What's the wildest and craziest experience you've ever had as a fitness coach?
1: The wildest and craziest experience I've ever had as a fitness coach. Oh man. You, um, I've had some cool travel with some clients. Um, I wouldn't necessarily think that's that's crazy, but you know, it can clients, be depends on who you're with. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: some 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 wild trips, or you know, you know, some some fun private jet trips and you know, going to specific concerts and flying into cities and leaving that night or Stanley Cups and leaving that night and just, just fun stuff that would take so much time for you to do, but you're literally turning that over in a little period of time. So th- those experiences were really fun. And it's something to this day. I just never take it. Uh, I never take that for granted. Um, but just rolling into some, you know, concerts or games and stuff like that, like in and out back in New York in like 30 minutes is like, Crazy. Wow. That, that that's
2: fun. Uh, question number three. What would you like to see moving forward in the health and fitness industry?
1: Uh, I think, God, this is a pretty easy question, actually. Um, I'd like to see more regulations on- Same here. Yeah, right? So I, Across I, I the really, board. Yeah, <laughs> across, across he's the like, board. He's
0: like, I already know what you're yeah.
1: saying. No, let's just spend a minute on this right, right now. My problem is, is I think a fitness coach is very, whether it's a strength coach or trainer, I think it's almost undervalued. Like you have to yeah. go to med school to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. I understand why, like that's, that's heavy shit there. But when someone is coming in and working with a client three, four, five days a week, and you have the ability to really mess this person up, <laughs> like you should not be taking a weekend, a certification agreed and, and, and become certified. If you are able to deliver content on Instagram you better be careful. Like that's, that's a weapon. Like Mm -hmm. what if I, what if I was a coach that had no idea what I was doing? And I was like, this is the greatest workout possible. And I read this article that was written 20 years ago by Bulgarians who said, you Uh, should go to your max weight. You should go to your max weight. You should not warm up to be able to just adapt (laughs) to that training stimulus. Oh, you're triggering me. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 we can go off on this. So I wish like, like, are you a coach? are you someone that has credentials that you can put up there or are you an influencer? And if you're influencing Mm -hmm. people to do like, well, this is what I do and this is what works for me. It's, it's, I think it's, yeah, I, I yep. honestly think it's criminal. I yep. will I will, yep. I will use that word. It is criminal. And a lot of people, being allowed.
2: a lot of people are thrown off by the perception of how those people look. Yeah. Most yeah. Of the oh, time. oh, he's got yeah. great abs or they,
1: and listen, I get made fun. I mean, Mike Boyle makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> Mike the Boyle's funny. a man. Yeah. He's the, He's one of the, he's one the of OG. Um, the biggest, yep. one of the biggest influencers in my training career. Yeah, true. And same
0: here. Same
1: here. One, <laughs> 100%. But Mike, Mike turns to me and Mike's like, Mike and I have breakfast a few times a year at the summits. And he's like, how many people do you think would come up to me and ask me fitness questions that they saw me shirtless on the beach drinking a million? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I laugh at You know what I say? I would ask you questions, yeah. but that's the problem. If you take Mike and you put him up next to, you know, so-and-so who's got 5 million followers and looks like a freaking Adonis. Like it's not even a comparison. Mike yeah. would, would, would out coach would be able to out program any of those guys 10 yeah. times over to the point where it would be an embarrassment. Yeah. It would, it would be an embarrassment, but you know, optics perception, yeah. our country is set up to be drawn to that. And I'm the last one to talk. Listen, I'm all, I was on the cover of muscle fitness. I was on the cover of Metro. But You worked hard
0: for that though. You yeah, know, and yeah, you know what you're doing Though really you, can yeah, you can back it up. You can back it up. I
1: worked hard to educate myself and make right. sure that, you know, I can hang and have that conversation. Yeah. That's, so, um,
0: that's one of the most frustrating things for me. You know, I took a more formal route of you know i get i got my bachelor's in exercise science i got my master's in exercise science i interned for six years i spent a shit shit ton of money on that you know a lot and then you know probably like 15 to thirty thousand dollars every year on continuing ed like it doesn't doesn't stop but then when you see these people on instagram with you know eight packs and you know they're doing they're doing banded sprints up a up a stairmaster,
1: you're like yeah, what are you doing for and what are a, you doing a little for little people flips on a yeah no, right. no, no no i get it but but I, like like i said earlier like it sucks yeah like it, you wish it wasn't that way because it's not at the end of the day why does it suck it doesn't so well, well are you not a success? it's not that's yeah. not why it sucks no. it sucks because it's just not good information right. Like you want like nothing makes me feel better like when i go into a gym like, like another gym, not mine, not, not my home gym, whatever. And I see a coach who's in there and in there, they are doing it right. Mm. And I see the, I see the dialogue back and forth. I see the communication. I see the process going through. I see him laughing with the client. I smile. Yeah. Like it actually makes me happy to see that going on because I'm like, wow, man, th- that person is representing us really well. Uh-huh, that's, that's how sure. I want to see coaches being represented. Not, yeah. not with this other shit.
0: Yeah. Big thing that I, that I realized too, is like, you know, the posts that I get maybe like 120 likes on, but I get. Fourteen DMs saying, "Man, you know the, the, all this stuff is really helping me out. I'm opening up more from your mobility work. It's like that's your well model, then, man. Right? Then fuck yep. those 100, 100 likes. Like I don't care about. The, I care way more about the, the fact that it's helping people than I do that that it hit big on Instagram."
1: The, the most amount of likes I normally get on posts besides family stuff that I put up, obviously, because my kids and wife are way cooler than I am. But, you know, if, I, if I do something shirtless, like people like that post more. Like right. it's just and I really appreciate it. And I'm grateful for for that. The posts that I get the least amount of engagement in is the one I actually wish people would pay the most attention to. Always. And that's my podcast with Derek Hansen, because Derek is a brilliant running mechanics coach. We go in, we bring on some really cool guests. You guys run a great podcast, by the way. Like, Thank this, you, appreciate this that. This is a fun, really interesting conversation. That. Thank and you, I will promote it. this for you, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping people watch because so much. this is information that anyone can learn from. Yeah, I, really I agree. appreciate
2: that. Yeah,
0: really thank you so much, man. Appreciate that; it means a lot.
2: I'm gonna ask you the one and last final question for you. All good, man. What's the biggest piece of advice in one sentence that you can leave off to all our listeners today?
1: Who are the? Are they coaches? Are, are the listeners coaches? Are they just? You know, I think it's the same piece I would of advice. Say,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep okay, pretty um, general.
1: I think, what do we talk about today? And to some, everything, everything. Happens, it's patience. <laughs> yeah, it patience really is. It's just patience. It's just, you've, you've got to be patient. Like it's, it's the, the biggest tragedy I think in business is when someone has a business plan and it's working at one point and they have to veer off and they don't make that turn and they're just stubborn. And they're like, no, but this worked 10 years ago. Yeah. It's not working now, but there's also a huge tragedy out of someone who's actually doing a lot of the right stuff. And they just jump ship too early. They pull the, they pull the, they pull the core too early. And sometimes I'll see coaches doing a lot of the right stuff. And I'm just like, listen, man, you, you just got to keep your foot on the gas right now. Like, this is really like, I have some friends of mine, some young coaches that'll reach out to me. And I'm like, you're, you're putting up good content. Like, is this is, this fits into your pillars. This fits into your message. This fits in what you're trying to do. You're being really true to yourself. You're not turning around, trying to be someone else. You know, like one of the things that drives me nuts is like everyone know. <laughs> because i put up a post today it was like it was a fun little arm pump it was like some of the stuff i put up is like serious some of the stuff i put up is fun but everyone's like why are you so serious when you're doing curls i'm like because i'm doing curls i'm not in the mirror like <laughs> yeah. <doing bicep> curls. <laughs> and what cracks me up is i even see it with like a lot of a lot of people now who are like putting up like i don't mean to knock this but a lot of the guys and women who are putting up like cooking stuff and they're all like
0: Oh Dude, yeah, we were talking. I mean, about yeah, we this talk about this all the time. Yo, he was what t- is going like... on with this? <laughs> we talk about. I'm like <laughs> nothing. Nothing irks me more than when like I see Yo. a fitness girl and she's like. With like yeah, one did. knee bent, one knee locked, so you see the ass more, and then like one and knee bent, like, yeah. And she's like,
1: and she, oh and they're trying to, "I'm like, how can you
0: be happy when you're doing <laughs> burpees? Like, no, that's not a happy exercise. Like, be look
1: miserable, but we're all miserable. I don't, I, I don't think it comes off genuine. No, I mean, I people I know at all. that are like that, and they have that. Gen- I can see the people who are, are who are trying to do it too much, yeah. And they're trying to like be cute and be like bubbly. Like, I could yeah. see when it's like, I, I've had coaches who work for me who are trying to do that now, and I kind of roll my yeah. eyes to. them. I'm like, come on. It's not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's so obvious. People always,
0: people always tell me, they're like, Oh, you know, you need to, you need to smile more when you're on camera. I'm like, if you see me in person, like I'm not, I don't smile. Like that's not my thing. Like, I would look so Like to your point Like I would look so fake If I was just like Okay guys So today I'm gonna bring you Through this three exercise complex Like are you guys ready? Are you yeah, ready? I'm not, I'm not, like I'm not, no I'm not
1: squatting I'm not doing like triples With like <laughs> yeah, with A yeah, smile yeah. on my yeah. face Like so, no My head looks like It's gonna explode For like, the next post like,
2: You you just put You literally just have Like a, a fat Emoji smiling face Just slide over your head <laughs> yeah, Just let yeah, that yeah. be part of your body You're like guys really Is this idea. what you I want? I might have to do that That would be
1: funny that that frustrates that frustrates me a bit too. Is, is that people can't have their own identity with this stuff? Like mm-hmm. it's like if you are a certain personality and you are a certain person, be true to that. Like you, yeah. you might be surprised. Like I, I think faking it and trying to be someone else who's successful, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to pay the dividends that you're hoping it would. I think being true to yourself and playing to those strengths of who you are and being genuine, I I just feel like nine out of ten times, you know, I'm sorry, ten out of ten times, I think it always, um, I think it always pays off a lot better than trying to kind of becomes someone else who has a successful page um you, you know i, I mean I, I there's there's one woman she's actually she's got a really cute page um i think her i think her name's Ravana she does all this like raw cooking and she's like a cute lot you know latin american woman and she's she's got a really nice way about herself and she's smiling in the camera and she's it comes off almost very natural sure. but then i started seeing all these other women trying to copy her and i'm saying to myself it's not who you are it doesn't it look so fake that's the stuff that kind of bums me out a little bit i wish people would just take a little bit more risk and go in and really show who it is that they are me smiling during a bicep curl um, <laughs> it's not what it's not what i'm gonna do like i'll smile on camera when, like this when i'm talking you know i'll throw my smile out there but i'm doing carries overhead yeah. you know, with, a, with a 48 kilo i'm not sitting there like you know, <laughs> come on oh. man like i'm I'm oh, trying to brace. Bad. Like this is hard work here. Yeah. Don't worry,
2: dude. When we go to your to your house and we work out with you, we're gonna make sure we're smiling the yeah, whole time. Yeah, just we're,
1: we will do a video. <laughs> shit and grin ear to ear. We're gonna, ear a, to we're, ear. gonna, we're, gonna do, we're gonna do we're gonna do some type of like a like a like a new strength world video or like we're gonna change the <laughs> yeah, game.
0: I'm down. Okay, right? Just, right? So down. <laughs> I'm in. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks
1: for having me on. That was a lot of fun, and you guys are doing great, man. Keep like, like I said, nothing makes me happier than seeing you know uh, people who are actually representing you know the. the the market in the right way. And you guys are obviously doing that. So, so keep it up, man. Thank you, Don. Appreciate
0: it. Till next time, guys. Take care. Bye.
1: Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoy this episode. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.